The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome to our third in evening in this series on taking refuge. I see a lot of familiar faces and some new ones. Before I start, does anybody have questions or comments from last week? Okay, well, there'll be time later if you do. So just quickly to review, the first week <clears throat> we, we looked at what it means to take refuge. And we looked at different ways that we all take refuge in our er- everyday lives and how impermanent and insubstantial those ways are. They may bring momentary or immediate pleasure, relief, but they aren't lasting. So they're not a true refuge in the sense that we can always rely on them. And then last week we looked more closely at what it means to take refuge in the triple gem or the triple treasure. That is refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the Dharma, and refuge in the Sangha. So tonight, we're going to look at what it means to take refuge within ourselves, refuge in our own awakeness, our own awareness, refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha within us because that's ultimately where the true or the lasting refuge lies and we use the refuge of the Buddha the Dharma and the Sangha to point us inward to see what it means to take refuge in our own awareness our own awakening So this reading is called Refuge in the Dance. And it's by Gavin Harrison, who wrote In the Lap of the Buddha. He says, Meditation offers a full response to the fear of death. When we look closely into our experience, we see that evanescence and disillusion are everywhere. Seeing, feeling, and knowing the movement of each unrepeatable breath, we see the truth of change. We observe the birth and death of sounds and smells, the arising and passing away of emotions, and the beginning and end of thoughts. We begin to understand that every passage between moments involves the end of something. No phenomenon 
ever returns in exactly the same form. We begin to deeply know that our own passage out of life must happen just as swiftly and surely someday. When we take refuge in the arising and disillusion of phenomena on a momentary level, we begin to dance with the truth of our finality instead of struggling with it. We live with our mortality, not just in spite of it. So another way of saying it, we take refuge in the moment-by-moment change that happens all the time. Another way of saying that is we can take refuge in what is. Take refuge in life just as it is. And that may seem a rather radical uh, perspective or position. But when we don't, we suffer. Whenever we want things to be other than as they are, we suffer. We think life should be this way, it should be fair, it should be understandable, it should be, what, easy maybe sometimes. And when it's not, we get upset. We think something's wrong with life. We think something's wrong with us. We think something is wrong somewhere because it's not the way we think it should be. When we learn to see and accept life on its terms, life the way it is, the momentary changes, the arising and dissolution of everything, then we rest in that. Or as Gavin says, we dance. We dance with life as it is. So we take refuge in life as it is, which means that we see life in all its poignancy, all its mystery, all its confusion, whatever we want to call it, and we don't turn away. Somebody told me that a couple weeks ago, Gil talked about saying yes to life. Yes to life just as it is. We face our own suffering. We face ourselves, our fears, our shadow side. We face everything with an open heart and mind. We let go of grasping. 
of trying to hold on to things as we want them or push things we don't want away. We let go and just be present. Be as present as we can for whatever arises, whatever happens in our lives. There's so much that we can't control. Probably you've noticed. But what we can do is be very present. Awake and aware. So that whatever arises, we're ready for it. We're ready because we are fully present. Not because we want to control it or we know what's going to happen and so we can do this, that, or the other. We can't know, of course, much of the time. But we can be very present and very open with an open heart and an open mind so that we can respond in an appropriate way. Thich Nhat Hanh says, the way to take care of the future is to take care of the present moment. The future will (laughs) unfold. And our job is to be very present right here, right now, for whatever is going on. And as I think we've said in the previous weeks, that can take courage. Many of us are used to doing anything but facing (laughs) what is actually happening. We have all kinds of ways of turning away or of denying or ignoring what is really going on. And when we stop, just stop and be with whatever is actually happening. then we're very present. And then what to do, what needs to happen, arises. It becomes apparent. I think I mentioned last week um, this book, True Refuge by Tara Brock. She She talks a lot about finding refuge in our own awakeness, in our own awareness, not in things out here, but within. And that can be a hard concept sometimes for people to get because we're we're so accustomed to thinking that it's out there, whatever it is. Um, And we're very used to running from thing to thing to thing to thing, maybe from practice to practice or tradition to tradition, looking for what is already right here. And our job is to awaken to it, (laughs) to become awake and aware of what is already present within us.
we can be inspired by the Buddha. We can be led by his teachings. We can be supported by the Sangha, the community of practitioners. But ultimately, it is up to us. It is up to us because nobody else can do it for us. People can guide us, people can inspire us, people can show us their way, but ultimately we have to find our own way. I like to say that's the good news and the bad news. (laughs) I I think it's very inspiring to know that. It's also sometimes very scary. As I say, we're not always accustomed to looking within. And so it can be a little bit threatening or often people don't feel that, uh, don't believe that it's with them and don't feel they have the ability to discover it, even if it is there. So it's not necessarily easy. And that's why I think it's so important that we do have the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha to be models, to be our guides, to help us to see the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha within us. So... I would like to take a few minutes, not too long, but a few minutes, for you to dialogue with another person about what it means to you to wake up, to be aware. Because we talk about taking refuge in our own awareness, our own awakeness. But what does that mean? How can we do it? if we don't know what it means. And probably each of you will have just a slightly different take or use slightly different words. And that's fine. That's fine. Whatever that means to you. Okay? So would you turn to somebody close to you and... um, I think this time just share back and forth And um, I'll ring the bell. This... So I heard a lot of lively conversation. That's great. Would um, somebody like to share what what you talked about? What awakeness or awareness means to you? He's going to bring. Oh, he's kind of. I kicked around the idea that I don't have any idea what it is. And so many words, and uh, and you provided a few different perspectives of uh, what it might mean as well. I thought it was a pretty heavy question to introduce yourself to somebody and then go <laughs> into that, but uh, I'm pretty content not knowing what it means right now. I mean, 
from what I read, I mean, I read the definition. I told him the definition I understood it as, as a being present without thought and being mindful. But uh, I'm not sure where I'm gonna. Still all new, so I'm kind of content with uh, not understanding it yet. Mm-hmm. But but do you have an openness, a willingness to oh. know what it is? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes it's very very helpful to not know. <laughs> But be willing, be open to learning. Yeah. Somebody else? Mm-hmm. I really always like listening to you or the teachers that are, you know, that I come to. But when they have us break into groups or, you know, one-on-one or whatever, I love that too. And I can't tell you what I got from talking with Sylvie, but I just really love each other as teachers as well as you as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I just love that when it happens. So mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. We are all each other's teacher. Yeah. Anything about awareness or awakeness that you could share? Well, I just shared with Sylvie something that happened a long time ago before I was meditating, but it was a huge realization that this is, you know, I was, you know, giving birth and it was way too late for pain medication or anything. And it was just like, this is my trip. You know, I have to do this and this is, I have to do this myself. And I always thought that somebody else would help out somehow or rescue or whatever, but the idea that this is, I've taken that with me in other situations that you, um, you know, it's just to stay, no, you can get input about what to do, but it's your own heart and you have to work it through yourself. (laughs) It's your journey. Yeah. For sure. Yes. And nothing like childbirth to make you very present. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, I'd love to go on, but the time is going by, so let me just uh, give you a couple of things that Tara Brock says. She says, Beneath the turbulence of our thoughts and emotion exists a profound stillness, a silent awareness capable of limitless love. A profound stillness or silent awareness. And she says, as we've heard, what we seek is within us. And there is always a way to take refuge in a healing and liberating awareness. Presence is the essence of true refuge. And the Dalai Lama has said, tell them they can trust their hearts and awareness to awaken in the midst of all circumstances. I think that's important because I think trust is a big part of awareness. It takes trust 
to be very present and very awake. So, now I'd like for us to think a little bit about what we say, what we can say, when we take refuge. So I have a handout for you. These are um, phrases from Thich Nhat Hanh, from his book, The Heart of the Buddha's Teaching. And while those are being passed, I'll read what a couple of, of people in our San Jose Sangha have said. I take refuge in the Buddha as inspiration for my own awakening. I take refuge in the Dharma, which encourages my mindful awareness of all that is happening around me. I take refuge in the Sangha that lets me know I am not alone on this path. One of our members is a composer and she teaches us um, gathas or... or, uh, Uh, chance, really. And so she wrote this about refuge. And I can't sing it for you. She's only sung it for us once, and I can't remember. But I take refuge in the Buddha that lives in my heart. I take refuge in the Dharma of the singing bird. I take refuge in the Sangha of the earth and sky wisdom flowering blowing in the wind and falling rain very poetic so what I'd like for us to do is read these together um Where's the microphone? Okay. Do you want to start? Just just read the first four lines. Mm-hmm. Buddha is the teacher showing the way, the perfect awakened one, beautifully seated, peaceful, and smiling the living source of understanding and compassion. Thank you. (laughs) Dharma is the clear path leading us out of ignorance, bringing us back to an awakened life. Shangha is the beautiful community that practices joy, 
realizing liberation, bringing peace and happiness to life. Thank you. So let's just be quiet for a moment. Let those words sink in. Okay, and the next person. Would you read um, again the first those three sentences? I take refuge in the Buddha, the one who shows me the way in this life. I take refuge in the Dharma, the way of understanding and of love. I take refuge in the Sangha, the community that lives in harmony and awareness. Thank you. Dwelling in the refuge of Buddha, I see clearly the path of light and beauty in the world. Dwelling in the refuge of Dharma, I learned to open many doors on the path of transformation. Dwelling in the refuge of Sangha, I am supported by its shining light that keeps my practice free of obstacles. Taking refuge in the Buddha in myself, I aspire to help all people recognize their own awakened nature and realize the mind of love. Taking refuge in the Dharma in myself, I aspire to help all people grasp the way of practice and walk together on the path of liberation. Taking refuge in the Sangha in myself, I aspire to help all people build fourfold communities and encourage the transformation of all beings. Thank you. Do you know what fourfold community is? The fourfold community is the monks and nuns, laymen and laywomen. So there you have some examples of how taking refuge can be said. And I encourage you to think about this and come up with your own sentences. What does it mean to you and how would you say it? And just sit down sometime and write, you know, I take refuge in the Buddha. And then what follows? Or taking refuge in the Dharma. You know, what does that mean to you? If we had more time, I would have us do it here, but we don't. So I urge you to do it on your own. Because um, it's really important to make taking refuge our own. Otherwise, it's just an exercise. It's true with all of the Dharma. 
um, it's really important to make this practice our own. The teachers and the teachings and all the events here are a way to help us to learn the Dharma, to see the way, but ultimately we have to make it our own. And so we'll do the refuges in just a minute, but um, I encourage you later on at home to write out for yourself what exactly does that mean to you? How would you say it? So you have it in your own words. And this is a reminder from the Buddha that we should all be lamps unto ourselves. Therefore, Ananda, be ye lamps unto yourselves. Be ye a refuge to yourselves. Betake yourselves to no external refuge. Hold fast to the truth as a lamp. Hold fast to the truth as a refuge. Look not for a refuge in anyone besides yourself. And those, Ananda, who either now or after I am dead shall be a lamp unto themselves, shall betake themselves to no external refuge, but holding fast to the truth as their lamp and holding fast to the truth as their refuge shall not look for refuge to anyone besides themselves. It is they who shall reach the very topmost height, but they must be anxious to learn. So the Buddha strongly suggested that we must take refuge ultimately within our Selves. Not anything or anyone externally, but ultimately within ourselves. So now we'll do a very simple refuge ceremony. And typically what this consists of is some chanting. And then uh, we'll do a blessing cord or um, protection cord. So have any of you done chanting before? Couple. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Um, So what we do is chant homage to the Buddha. There's a line which I'll give you, and we'll do that three times. And then we chant the refuges. I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha. And then we say twice I go to the Buddha for refuge. Twice I go to the Dharma for refuge. Twice I go to the Sangha for refuge. And then three times. Okay? And those are both um, chanted in Pali in a call and response way. So I'll say the word or the phrase, and then you can respond. And those of you that know them can 
lead the response. And then we'll do the precepts in English. We always do the precepts in English, but we do the others in Pali. Okay? So, um, the homage to the Buddha is, I'll, I'll say it first and then we'll repeat it. Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa. Okay. And I think we'll go word by word. It's easier that way. Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa And then the refuges. And the refuges go, I'll say it first and then we'll repeat. Buddham saranam gachami. Dhammam saranam gachami. Sangam saranam gachami. Okay. Um, and I think we can do the whole phrase. Buddham saranam gachami. Dhammam saranam gachami. Sangam saranam gachami. Dutyampi. Buddham saranam gachami. Dutyampi. Dhammam saranam gachami. Dutyampi. Sangam saranam gachami. Tatiampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami And now the refuges, I mean the precepts in English. And what I like to do is say them 
in the prohibitory, so-called negative first, and then the positive. So we begin each one with the phrase, for the sake of our practice. For the sake of our practice, I vow not to take life. but to support, honor, and respect life. For the sake of our practice, I vow not to use false speech, but to cultivate wise speech. For the sake of our practice, I vow not to abuse sexuality, but to honor and respect my body. For the sake of our practice, I vow not to use. Say, did I do speech? Right. No, oh, I missed that one. I'm sorry. Yes, number two. <laughs> so we'll do them out of order. <laughs> For the sake of our practice, I vow not to take what is not freely offered, but to cultivate generosity. And for the sake of our practice, I vow not to abuse intoxicants, but to cultivate a clear mind. Great. So now, what I'm going to do is I have some yarn, and if everybody could move up closer, please. Okay, so what I'm going to do is start this around the Buddha and then we'll pass it around so that everybody is holding it. And then I'm going to come around and cut off a piece about like that for each person. And then if you'll just hold it, we're going to tie three knots. One, four. The Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Right. And then you can turn to somebody and have them tie it on you. And you can tie it around your neck, you can tie it around your wrist, or around your ankle, whatever works for you. 
as I said, it's called a blessing cord or a protection cord. And really it's a reminder. When we wear this, it reminds us that we take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha within ourselves. So we always say, you can wear it as long as you want. (laughs) If you want to take it off tomorrow, you can. If you want to leave it on until it falls off, you can do that too. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so we're all connected to the Buddha. Just notice as you're holding it that we're all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all connected to the people. 
take your cord now and holding it with both hands, make a knot. And this is, this represents the Buddha. And then make another knot. And you can make them on top of each other or you can space them out either way. Make another knot and that represents the Dharma. Somewhere in the middle, sort of. (laughs) And the third knot represents the Sangha. And now turn to someone beside you and have them tie it wherever you'd like. So this is a very simple refuge ceremony. And it is the closest thing in Buddhist practice we have to membership. <laughs> it's, it's not really, but um, it's a way of acknowledging that, that we take this path seriously, that we have studied and affirmed that this is the path for us. That doesn't mean we don't (laughs) lose it sometimes. That doesn't mean that we might change our minds at some point. But for right now, this is the path um, that we intend to walk. And as I said, the blessing cord or string can be a reminder to us that we have chosen this path. And we do our best to walk it. So let it be a reminder. Mm-hmm. My three nuts all went together. That's fine. If I could separate them to all it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. They're all three there. And I'm sure you will remember. <laughs> Uh huh. Uh huh. Did you? Oh, at Estes Park. Yes, we do. We do. 
And in this practice, when we fall, we just acknowledge it and get up. That's the beautiful thing. We're not bad. We're not wrong. We're not sinners. We fail. Okay? We acknowledge it, intend to do better, and get up again. Okay? May you all be well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.